the rivalry is back on. 1% better every day and 1-0. The set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's at a 10, 5, stumbles in the end zone, touchdown. Both coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to the Cody Fugger podcast and the Colts were victorious for the first time this season. Now one and one on the road as they defeat division rival Tennessee by a score of 19 to 17. Derek Larger with me again. Derek, it feels good to finally have the Colts in the win column for the first time uh, in the 2019 season, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's great to finally get that first win. Uh, you mentioned it earlier how the Colts should be 2-0 and right now. We're going to oh, not man. really drag on that too much, though, but <laughs> I am happy that we got the first win. It's definitely a momentum booster going into uh, the third week where we get our first home opener. Yeah, and I just have to say, like, it was so funny in our comment section, all the Tennessee fans that were – gloating over the fact that you know Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback and they're like we're gonna blow you guys out of the water well it doesn't matter if it's Andrew Luck doesn't matter if it's Jacoby Brissett Tennessee Titans cannot beat the Colts I think they beat them three times in like the last decade uh Tennessee uh, sorry Tennessee but we kind of own you and it was just kind of fun to go back into those comments yesterday and be like oh I like your prediction that was a great prediction and stuff like that Um, it was funny that there was a I I have a uh, friend who's uh, a fan of my other podcast that I do. He's a Tennessee Titans fan. So obviously he was messaging me throughout the game. Uh, obviously I, I didn't go in on him too much. Uh, you know, obviously had to throw a little shade there, but you know, Luke diamond kind of mentioned it earlier. He said how, you know, these Titans fans keep saying, Oh, we're We're going to own the Colts. Like y'all forget last year, they won 34 to 10 against the new England Patriots the week before we played them. And then we won 38 to 10 against them. I mean, Tennessee, I mean, you just can't win, man. You just can't win against us. Just stop trying at this point, please. (laughs) Right. But you know, all, all joking aside, Tennessee is a pretty good team. They are, especially going on the road against the Titans in that hostile environment with their defense, which we saw yesterday, one of the top defenses in the league. Uh, I think all in all, man, the Colts played well. And really, I mean, they should have won by more points, um, which we'll get to in a second. You know, they won by two, but they really should have won by four um, if all the extra mm-hmm. points were made. Uh, but I guess we could start, Derek, with the offense and we could start with the quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. Okay. It was a, a little bit different game, tale of two <laughs> games, I guess, from the first game to the second game. Not that Brissett didn't play well this game. I, I wouldn't say that he played badly either. Um, he had his moments where I thought he looked really good. I mean, he threw three touchdowns against one interception, but that was something, Derek, that Jacoby Brissett did something a little bit uncommon for him, at least just at this point in his career. He turned the ball over twice, and the, the one interception was, you know, I think it was just a really good play by Logan Ryan, uh, the Tennessee yeah. corner um, on that one. I definitely think I know it's just a good play. I think Brissett could have, you know, obviously made a better decision there, um, so he did that, and then I don't know, man. That that was really confusing on the second he pump faked the ball and 
and then uh, fumbled the ball, and it was mm-hmm. it was weird. It was a really weird yeah. thing, kind of a, a freak thing that doesn't happen often. Yeah. But uh, I wonder, I do wonder if it was something you know with the heat and with the sweat yeah. that ball becomes a little I, bit. That's wet, what I was know? gonna say. Is that it? It was a hundred and it said it was a hundred and seven degrees on the field at game time temperature. I'm sorry, but when you try to pump fake really hard occasionally you're going to lose the football out of your hand as hard as you're going to squeeze. He probably lost, lost it because of the sweat. I I just, I know that's something you don't see very often. I don't think he'll do that again. You know, it's just one of those days. It was really hot, man. I mean, it was hot, hot, hot. And you kind of saw the effects of that, uh, taking effect on, um, the running backs, especially for that game. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but yeah, Jacoby Brissett, Certainly by far not his best game, uh, especially not going to be one of those games that we uh, look back on all season. But he certainly didn't play terrible. He he played uh, as an average quarterback yesterday, and apparently that was all we really needed to be able to get the win. I mean, he had three touchdowns, all three of or the two throws. The one he had to Paris was a phenomenal lob to Paris, and then you had T.Y. Hilton. Uh, that was a great throw in the corner of the end zone. T.Y. Hilton had himself another good game. Uh, there were multiple times that I thought uh, Jacoby Brissett was uh, was a little late on some throws. You know, there were multiple times where you saw how the, th- the throw was open. He was just a little late to uh, get his progressions in, and he just was a little late on some of the throws. That was uh, the reason he got picked off by uh, Ryan in the third quarter there. And there was a couple throws to Kane that if uh, Brissett had hit him as he was turning was going to be a first down. He was just late. And that's, again, something that's, you know, the Brissett's going to have to get better at and holding on to the ball too long. I think Frank Reich tried to open the playbook a little bit for Brissett to throw more downfield. And I think that's why Brissett was trying to wait a little longer. It just wasn't working that much because, like you said, the Tennessee Titans defense, they're phenomenal. They're they're easily one of the top five best defenses in the NFL at the moment. And it, it's very difficult to uh, be able to throw against this team. And, you know, for the few mistakes that Brissett did make, he did have some decent throws. Uh, he showed tremendous uh, – he showed tremendous uh, escapability out of the pocket, uh, something that, you know, he definitely needed to do uh, – even with the three sacks that he took, uh, it was still really good to see him move around the pocket and escape that pocket sometimes when he was under pressure. Uh, one thing I'll uh, say before I let you go in is uh, the one thing I didn't really like was the inconsistency in the play calling by Frank Reich in that offense uh, in that game. I just thought there were there were times when uh, we hit Ebron really early in the game, and obviously he had uh, the big hurdle to – keep the drive going on the first drive of the game and then had uh and then had the touchdown on the same drive. After that, Ebron didn't get much. Uh Doyle only had three targets. Paris Campbell has to keep getting more touches, man. I- I'm sorry, he just has to keep getting more touches. And that's one thing I didn't like was that they just didn't use him uh as much as I wanted him to. But other than that, uh the times that those guys did uh get the chance to do something they definitely did well. And Brissett, again, it was not uh, a really good game for him, but he was, to his credit, he was facing a very good defense. It was on the road. It was hot. 
And it's just one of those games that you're just going to have to go back, look at the game film and just get prepared for next week. Yeah, for sure. And this is something, man, that this looking at, you know, looking at the score here, the box score for the Colts Titans game. This is something that I think we're going to have to get used to a little bit is uh, so normally in the Andrew Luck era, it would be 300 yards passing, maybe 100 yards rushing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Now, in this game, the Colts had 146 passing yards and 167 rushing yards. And so yeah. we've seen this now, this this new trend. This is how the Colts are probably going to have to win football games is by running the football. And they did it well again yesterday. Um, Jordan Wilkins led the Colts with five carries for 82 yards. He obviously had that long 55-yard run uh, that set up that last scoring drive for the Colts to take the lead. Uh, Marlon Mack was a little bit quieter, I would say. Um, and you, you mentioned this, Derek, just the the hot, how hot it was down there, um, just the fatigue on these running backs. Marlon Mack had 20 carries yesterday. Didn't yeah. have a great game when he had 51 yards, uh, but that's to be expected. And as, as we talked about in the game preview um, for this game, the Titans have a really good front seven. They really do. And they this led by Jarrell Casey, all-pro defensive tackle and um, actually, I think they play a three-four, so I think he's a defensive yeah. end technically, but defensive lineman nonetheless. Um, and but the Colts still ran the ball pretty well. Um, they, you know, obviously they had over 100 yards rushing again. They've they've run the ball really well in these first two games. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are your impressions of? We'll just talk about both the running backs, Mac and Mac and Wilkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mac uh, obviously didn't have the best of games. Uh, he did have 20 carries, but you know, he had to take on uh, the brute, uh, the brunt of all of that uh, front seven of the D- Tennessee Titans. And like I mentioned in last week, how Tennessee loves to throw a lot of different blitz packages, a lot of different looks at your way. They like to change a lot at the line of scrimmage before the play's go- done. So it- it's difficult for Mac to get a lot of open lanes. And honestly, when you know you have 20 carries in a game that's 100 degrees. Uh, that's a lot of wear and tear. That's a lot of uh, chances to, you know, wear yourself down. And that's ultimately why Mac wasn't running as hard and wasn't lasting as long in the second half because you have you were used over 20 times in the first half. You're going to get tired and you're going to get uh, exhausted. And the, the great thing about it, and I said it on Twitter, it's so great to know we have three running backs that can – be substituted in at any time and can make and can work off each other. Jordan Wilkins, mm-hmm. not a flashy guy, but he's a stud. He runs through the, the gap hard. And when he gets into the open field, he's not going to beat you with speed, but he's definitely strong. He, he has great vision and he knows where to go into the gaps. I mean, that's now the pretty much the second or third biggest big run that we've seen from Jordan Wilkins going back to last year. I think they said in 65 carries, Jordan Wilkins has a yards per carry of over six yards. I think it was like 6.1. So this kid definitely has good playmaking ability. It was great to see Jordan Wilkins come in because he had fresh legs. Uh, I kind of talked about uh, the Ohio State game from Saturday. J.K. Dobbins had an incredible first half where he had 22 carries for 193 yards. You know, when you get your running back does that in the first half and they were used that much. It, they get tired and they're not going to be as good in the second half because of all that mileage. And it's good to have a second backup that can come in and do what they did. Uh, again, yeah, 150 plus yards rushing. 
Uh, you'll take that any day of the week because that's how you beat a team on the road like Tennessee is you shove it down their throat and that's how you win games. And so it was great to see the combination of Marlon Mack and Jordan Wilkins going in there and making plays when it counted and grinding it out. Yeah, for sure. And and it's kind of interesting because the Colts have really three different types of running backs. Um, you, know, you know, got Marlon Mack, who is kind of uh, – I feel like Marlon Mack, he's fast, yes, but he's also – He's, I think he's a, probably the most. It's, I think it's safe to say he's the most complete back on the Colts. Yeah. Um, whereas you got Jordan Wilkins, who is not as fast, like you mentioned, more of a power running back. I think he's six one, two fifteen, two sixteen. Um, so he's got some size there. And then you got a guy like Naheem Hines, who is a really good receiving threat. So the Colts have mm-hmm. all these different types of running backs um, that they can substitute in any time. And I think they, the Colts do, and fans should have a lot of uh, confidence in all of these players, all these backs have shown that they're very competent NFL backs. Um, and so, yeah, the running game, man, it's, it's looking good. The Colts wanted to put an emphasis on the running game and they have so far, they've, you know, two games over 150 yards on the ground um, as a team and I'm um, still looking, still looking good. And actually I just, I just looked at the stats here. Indianapolis is the second best rushing team right now in the NFL. Their yeah. goal is top five right now. They're second with 185 yards um, per game, which is really, really great. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so you know, I think that 185 the first game, um, and then 167 yesterday, and so yeah, man, um, the Colts are really putting an emphasis on that. Um, and with that, I thought we could move. Um, we'll, we'll come back to the wide receivers, but I thought we could move to talking about the offensive line, which um, was kind of an interesting group for me yesterday. I thought that they played pretty well. They played pretty well in the run blocking uh, game, and. Uh, I thought they were a little bit inconsistent in the pass mm-hmm. protection once again. What were your impressions from that O-line, Derek? Yeah, I mean, you you hit it on the head. They were inconsistent at times. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Jacoby Brissett held on to the ball a lot. Um, I think that kind of constituted for some of the hits that Jacoby took. Uh, we always kind of mentioned in the couple early years of Andrew Luck that Andrew Luck held on to the ball a little too long. Well, that felt like that a little bit for Jacoby Brissett, especially early There were times Jacoby Brissett had four seconds in that pocket and then got hit. You got to get it out in that time, man. There's no reason to have the ball in the pocket for four seconds. And then when you get hit, blame it on the O-line. That's that's on Jacoby Brissett on that one. Uh, But you're right. There were a few times they missed some blocks. And that was to be expected from how good the defensive line and this uh, front seven are for Tennessee. They were going to get pressure. We knew it. uh, Just depended on how much. And Uh, ultimately Jacoby took three sacks last night. Uh, I think this is one of the better scheming defensive and defensive uh, front sevens that we're going to see. So I don't really expect the, uh, the offensive line to do as bad over the next couple weeks, uh, especially since we know their schedule coming up, they're facing obviously Atlanta and uh, the Raiders and the chiefs who uh, all three of those teams don't really have an amazing front seven so it was it was definitely inconsistent. Again, there was a lot of factors to it. The Tennessee Titans knew they were going to ha- uh, try to get pressure up the gut, and ultimately, uh, for the amount of factors that were against them, again, this offensive line, they went and got 160 rushing yards. Uh, Jacoby Brissett ended up throwing three touchdowns behind that offensive line. Uh, again, it's uh, you take and give with what you can get, and. Uh, even for some of the inconsistent times that the offensive line had that game, 
they still did enough to get the job done. And that's ultimately what you get paid for. Yeah, for sure. And that's something we've talked about time and time again on here um, is the, the def, definitely the scheme. Um, and my friend Zach Hicks from StampedeBlue.com really addressed this on uh, an earlier podcast. And if you haven't heard that, you should check it out. It's really good info um, on this offensive line and, and just kind of um, what what the different scheme means for these players. And it's more of a, you know, where the, the former offensive line coach, Dave DeGugliamo, I think I'm saying that right, um, his scheme was really, you know, about dropping back, letting the defenders come to you. Um, and that's how they pass protect where, where Strasser, the new offensive line coaches, his philosophy is more so attacking the defense um, in pass protection. And that just takes more time. Um, and I think it will take time early on. And I think once the Colts tighten those things up and once they're starting to learn, that's how they want to do. Uh, that's how they want to pass protect. I think it'll just get better from there. Um, so I, I'm not too concerned by them. Um I think I was just – I wanted to see more consistency like we said. I think if I had to choose a weakness on this offensive line, it's definitely the right side. It seems like they've been consistently uh, the ones that – I don't want to say consistently, maybe not, but they've been getting beat I think I've noticed the most um, of this offensive line. And, I mean, when you got Anthony Costanzo and Quentin Nelson on the other side, uh, you're bound to be the weak spot on the offensive line. But, but yeah, I think it's just going to take time. Again, those guys, those two guys, Mark Lewinsky and uh, Braden Smith, uh, they were just they they've only been starters really with the Colts for one year last year, um, so they're still figuring out everything and how to play in the NFL and still young players still have a lot to learn um, and a lot to grow from. But I thought all in all the offensive line played all right. Uh, I thought they played really well, obviously in the running game. Um, I thought they you know could have made some things, made some adjustments in the pass protection. I think they did um, later on, but. Uh, there was a few times there where I thought that they should have been a little bit better. And then it falls on Jacoby Brissett a little bit, like you mentioned, getting the ball out. I don't think it was all – I won't put it all on the offensive line. It's also on the quarterback. So um, I thought it was a pretty good day for them overall. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I want to talk about the wide receivers really fast, which I think is a position group that struggled the most yesterday. Um, really, the Colts didn't do a whole lot offensively. I mean, T.Y. Hilton led the Colts in receiving yards with 43. So if that tells you anything – uh, it seems like the Colts missed Devin Funches more than we realized uh, last week uh, when he went down last week. Um, and, you know, they just didn't do a whole lot. They didn't really help their quarterback out for most of the week, uh, most of this game. And uh, But T.Y. Hilton had another touchdown. Eric Ebron had his first touchdown. But other than that, man, it was a pretty bleak performance from this wide receiver and tight end core. Yeah, it, it does stink. Uh, we definitely did miss Devin Funches for those uh, big routes, uh, those possessions. Uh when the uh when it was third and seven, third and eight, those long third downs. Uh that's definitely Jacoby Brissett's go-to guy in those situations. And he had to start targeting obviously uh T. Y. Hilton and Deion Kane. Uh there were there were both instances where Jacoby Brissett missed throws that this wide receiver group couldn't uh account for, obviously. Uh a couple of the I mean the the, the yardage totals were pretty low for some of these wide receivers because Jacoby missed a couple of throws. And again, like I mentioned, I didn't necessarily like how inconsistent uh, they were with, uh, you know, they got away from Ebron so early in the game. And I don't understand why Uh, he, he did so well in the beginning of the uh, game and they just kind of ignored him for most of the game after that. Uh, Again, I don't understand that. Uh, T.Y. Elton obviously had himself another decent game, uh, yardage-wise, not really. But, 
in the in the moments when T.Y. Hilton had to make a catch, uh, he definitely uh, got the advantage there. Paris Campbell, again, we need to use this kid more in more ways than what we've been using him. I just don't understand why Frank Reich hasn't opened the playbook for Paris unless Paris isn't progressing as much uh, as we originally thought. And Deion Kane had the chance for a couple of plays there, uh, but obviously Jacoby missed him. We all have seen the one where uh, it would have been a first down inside of our own 30, and uh, Brissett was just late on the throw, and the uh, safety was there to protect it. Uh, again, like we keep saying, this is Tennessee secondary. Uh, coming into this game, most said was maybe the best secondary in football right now. And to go up against them on the road and that's and that sort of way, again, it's very difficult. It was the first real test other than obviously the Chargers had uh, a good uh, defense. Don't get me wrong, but their secondary wasn't as complete as this Tennessee team was. And this this Tennessee Titans team came into a home game. They were fired up. They were confident as all hell. And, you know, Brissett, you know, had some growing pains there. And the wide receivers didn't get a lot of separation early. I get that. Uh, but, you know, they, they do obviously have some things to work on. They got to figure out a way to get separation earlier. There were multiple times where early in the game they were just getting – uh, stuck with the whole route and not gaining any separation at all. But again, it was uh, a very good defensive team. I fully expect this team to uh, watch film, get better, and be able to try and penetrate this Atlanta Falcons secondary uh, this next week for sure. Yeah, and the Falcons were winners yesterday, uh, late night game against the Eagles. Uh, man, Julio Jones is just, he's going to be a problem. <laughs> Oh, he's yeah. one of the best wide receivers in football. The Colts know that. And obviously the Colts uh, got you know, Pierre Desir. Sorry, I can't speak today for whatever reason. But um, they lost Pierre Desir yesterday. He didn't return. He got injured. Um, but the good news for Pierre Desir, it's, it doesn't, the injury does not seem to be a major one. So if he misses any time, it should be very minimal. Um, so that's good news. But mm-hmm. um, as far as that's concerned, you know, yeah, the Colts are going to have to start a rookie in Rocky Asin, who um, as good of a player he, as he is, we all know what Julio Jones can do. And also Calvin Ridley, um, another good player on the Falcons. They have so I think they have really three good wide receivers. Um, and then they have a good tight end in Austin Hooper. They have a good offense in general. And so mm-hmm. that's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, but, you know, flipping over to the defensive side, Derek, who impressed you from this defensive um, group? Cause I think they played pretty well. They had their moments where they, where they struggled. they, but I thought they really tightened up in the fourth quarter, especially. Oh, yeah. They played some really sound, good football. Um, who were some guys who impressed you from this Colts defense? Um, yeah, so obviously first big guy that we got to mention is obviously Danico Autry. Uh, dude came in and he played a phenomenal game, had two sacks. Uh, the Colts are actually tied for second in football right now with eight sacks through the first two weeks. So that's good to see. We definitely wanted to see that happen. Uh, we knew that, you know, Teray being out, we knew that uh, they were going to have to figure some things out. They were going to have to make uh, some things happen with Teray being out. And another guy that didn't fill up the stat sheet but kind of um, caught me by surprise was Marcus Hunt. I don't know how many times Marcus Hunt left a hole in the offensive line to let a linebacker come in and stuff Derrick Henry, but – 
if you if I had a nickel for every time Marcus Hunt blew up that guard, I swear you and I would be getting paid before YouTube pays us to Cody. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, Marcus had several times in the first play of the game against Tennessee. Marcus Hunt blew up the right guard, pushed him back into Derrick Henry, and then Justin Houston was able to make the tackle in the backfield because of it. I mean, Marcus Hunt had so many times where he left the hole wide open for those linebackers to come in and still Derrick Henry just found a way. Um, And honestly, I think the guy who impressed me uh, the most when it came to the linebacker group was probably Anthony Walker, not as much Darius Leonard. I know Darius Leonard led the uh, the team in tackles in that game. He definitely had a bounce back week. Uh, he definitely still said he said he gave his performance a B. Said it was a, a decent improvement from the last week, but he's still not even close to being happy with that. So it's good that he stepped up and he had a much better game overall. But I thought Anthony Walker just was in the better spots and coverage, and he made a, a few more plays in the backfield. Uh, even though Darius Leonard had his uh, first sack of the of the year, and believe it or not, they said the of the eight sacks that the Colts have had so far, seven of those eight have come from the front four. While the only one that hasn't been from the front four was Darius Leonard's sack in the third, I believe it was the fourth quarter. So, and like you said, this defense uh, definitely amped up the pressure in the fourth quarter. In crunch time, they stepped up. They got pressure. They uh, closed gaps much quicker on the wide receivers, made it so much more difficult for Mariota to get down the field. It was still a very, I'd say, a very average uh, game for the defense. You know, it wasn't uh, good or great by any stretch of the imagination, but it certainly wasn't bad either. They did enough to be able to limit them. Uh, Derrick Henry had a few decent runs here and there. But I felt the run defense was just a little bit better this time. Didn't give up as many of the uh, big runs. And again, they got pressure on Mariota. They made Mariota beat them in the fourth quarter. And uh, our boy Quincy Wilson got the uh, final stop for the game. And sure enough, you know, they they did exactly what they needed to do. Only sucks that Malik Hooker didn't get his second interception of the year. I, I saw him come in and I was like, Oh man, dude, if he had had two hands on that ball, that would have been a catch. Yeah. And it's funny because I tweeted at him jokingly, like, Hey Malik, use two hands next time. And he actually, this was crazy. He actually quote tweeted me and said, yeah, man, I got to keep two hands on it. You know? And I was just like, what? Yeah. I saw that. That was crazy. Um, he's one of, he's one of my favorite players and I got his Jersey and everything. Cause I truly believe he's a special player. And so it's cool moments like that that just make you just like, yeah. all right, wow. Um, just appreciate players like him more. So um, another guy that that really impressed me for talking about the safeties was Corey Willis, the the fourth round rookie out of Michigan State. Oh, I yeah. thought he was all over the field. Um, he played really well. I mean, I even posted a poll. Uh, I'm gonna pull that up real fast. I posted a poll asking fans, "Do you think Corey Willis should be the Colts' starting safety moving forward?" Because I thought he pl- obviously, I think he outplayed Clayton Gathers by a large margin yesterday. Um, but I yeah. thought he played he played really well. He really impressed me. I know the Colts have been really impressed on him and high on him. Um, you know, it's not something where he's like overly athletic or overly. I mean, you know, he's not like a Malik Hooker type of player where he's like he's special in anything really. Um, but he's a really good, solid player, a great leader. Um, he just leads by example, and he just makes plays. And 
um, mm-hmm. solid day in and day out um, player. But I, anyways, going back to uh, the poll I posted. Um, so should Kari Willis be the cold starting safe, starting strong safety moving forward? 81% of people said yes. So I think a lot of people see um, and watch Kari Willis and were really impressed by him yesterday. I was impressed by Willis. I was also impressed by another young player that I think does not get pub like at all, but I think he definitely is trending in the right direction. It's Trevor Stewart. He had a sack yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, I thought he played really well. And then obviously you got to talk about, um, you got to talk about the two other defensive defensive players um, on the line. Danico Autry with two sacks. Uh, that was a, that was one of our keys to the game, Derek. We're like the defensive interior has to do better than they did mm-hmm. in Week One against the Chargers, and they did. They did. I think combined, um, Autry had two sacks and Stewart had a sack. They had three of the Colts' four sacks, and yeah. so that is something that um, was really good to see from that interior defensive line. Um, Derek Henry didn't have a hundred. The hundred yards, um, and then he had like eighty-one yards. So not a great day from the rushing defense, but certainly not a bad day either. I, yeah. I feel like you know some of those runs maybe were a little bit longer, but they didn't have that long chunk play like the Chargers did um, when they played in Week One. Um, another player who's really impressed me on the defensive line is Alkadi Muhammad. I think he yes. has just played really, really well um, in the in the place of the injured Jabal Sheard. I thought he's played really mm-hmm. well. He was in on one of those sacks, even though he didn't get credited for it. I think he was in that Grover Stewart sack. Um, and he had a tackle for a loss as well, four tackles. Um, he's played really, really solid. He also had a forced fumble, which I thought was good. The Colts should have uh, – the Colts also had a couple forced fumbles, which they should have recovered. Yes. Um, the first but, one where Darius Leonard and Anthony Walker both went after it and it bounced out of Darius Leonard's chest, and then their offensive yeah. lineman picked it up. That stunk. Yeah, that did. And then they had, I think it was the Muhammad force fumble. Then, um, yeah, and they didn't couldn't recover that. Couldn't recover that either. It was either, I know it was the Autry one, and Muhammad tried to recover it and he couldn't get to it. Uh, um, yeah, but, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, you know, I thought they both played really, really well for this defense. Uh, obviously, Quincy Wilson, who we talked about, I thought he played really, really well. He had a kind of a questionable pass interference call. I know there was questionable yeah. calls on both, both ways. Yeah, um, there was with that one call, I believe on Malcolm Butler against T.Y. Hilton. You know, yeah. I'm a Colts fan, so I was happy, but that was kind of a bogus call, and also yeah. the one on Quincy Wilson with the bogus call. So it goes back and forth; it goes both ways. Yeah. Um, also, I got to mention, and he didn't really show up in the stat sheet, but Bobby Okariki almost had an interception. Yes, um, yes, and that was that was good to see from Okariki, who really hasn't yeah. seen the field a whole lot. Um, so, you know, overall, I thought that there was a, it was a solid day from the defense. Like you said, you know, there's definitely things to be better at. Um, but I thought overall, especially in the second half and the fourth quarter specifically, the defense really tightened up and they played yeah. really, really well, all things considered. Yeah, I thought that Okariki uh, shot was going to be another one of those uh, one of those throws that Blaine Gabbert threw to Darius Leonard uh, last right. season. You know, he just threw it straight to Darius Leonard. I thought that was going to turn into another one of those. He just couldn't get his hands on that one. Yeah, and the Colts had, I mean, they really should have had two interceptions, Malik Hooker, Bobby Okariki. They should have had recovered two fumbles. So they had opportunities to create turnovers. And really, they could have gotten four more turnovers if they would have just capitalized on it. But nonetheless, the Colts are victorious. Um, they obviously they host the Falcons next week for their home opener. That's going to be an exciting game. The Falcons are hot off of their late night win, Sunday night win against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's going to be a good game, Derek. And uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing how the Colts handle this high octane Falcons offense. And so, oh yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll probably come at you guys with uh, another podcast. I would say 
later on this week um, with a preview for the Colts Falcons game. And uh, it's going to be a really good game. I have a feeling seems like all these games have been good so far, really competitive games. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it'll be interesting to see which Falcons team shows up, right? Is it going to be the Falcons from week one or the Falcons from week two? You just don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting game to watch. And yeah, we will definitely have one of those out for you guys. Um, yeah. So if you guys have anybody else that you think stood out from this game that we didn't touch on, I would love to hear from you guys. So yep. make sure to leave a comment, leave a like, whatever you want to do there. Uh, Derek, do you have anything else to tell the people, tell our listeners before we log off here? Yeah, Colts Nation, we finally got the first win. Obviously, some things that we still need to improve on, but I think going into this next game against the Falcons, we've got our first win. It's going to be an emotional one uh, for us. It's going to be the first home game of the year. We need to make sure we pack Lucas Oil Stadium and make sure our presence is known for that game, and hopefully we come out of there with the W. Yeah, for sure. Got to pack that stadium, man. Home field advantage is huge, so... All right. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Always appreciate your support and love. Um, you just don't know how much that means to us. But thanks, guys. We really we really appreciate you guys um, and all that you do and all the love that you guys send us. So, um, yeah, we'll be back with the podcast very soon. Thanks and go Colts.